All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Suits Podcast. It is Tuesday, July 16th, 2019. On today's episode of the podcast, an interview with Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl. As always, uh, I share the interviews I do on the Marching to Madness podcast, which is the national podcast I host here on the Southeast Suits Podcast, uh, if they are SEC related. And so uh, we had a chance to catch up with Bruce Pearl and talk about the Auburn Tigers heading into the 2019-20 season. Of course, coming off a Final Four run and just really the momentum that they've been able to build from that. Uh, he talked a lot about that, just, just how he's seen that momentum carry into the offseason, even with what is uh, sort of a different looking roster this year in terms of the guys uh, that went to the NBA. And he did go into that a bit as well. What it's been like watching guys like Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, uh, Malik Dunbar, those guys playing in NBA Summer League, and as well as just Chumo Kiki getting drafted uh, number 16 overall to the Magic. So uh, he just talks about really their contributions to the program, and anyone that watched this team over the past several years knows what that group of guys was able to accomplish, like we said, getting to a Final Four. Um, and then he went into you know the returning roster, the guys they're going to have coming back. They do have a, a good, talented nucleus still coming back, uh, even though they lose some of those key contributors we talked about. Um, so we went into to just kind of looking at the development of some of those guys that are returning. Uh, when you look at the front court, you know, of course, Austin Wiley, Anthony McLemore. Uh, you got backcourt guys that, that really stepped up uh, during that run to the Final Four, Javon McCormick, Samir Dowdy. So uh, lots of good pieces on the roster returning, plus adding a very talented recruiting class. And he kind of mentioned just the intangibles of that group that, that he's seen thus far that's really going to help them uh, excel there at Auburn. Uh, also touched on the, the non-conference schedule a little bit, which hasn't been released yet, uh, but he just kind of you know discussed the, the mindset behind the scheduling process and how important that is now, as we know, uh, when it comes to getting to the NCAA tournament. So uh, great discussion as always. So well, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation with Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl. All right, guys, welcome back to the Marching to Madness podcast. We're excited, as always, to welcome back one of our favorite guests. That is Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl. Uh, coach, uh, first time talking to you, of course, since the, the final run, four run there. And uh, I know you, you've had several months to, to not really relax. We know things are kind of always moving fast. Um, but just kind of as you reflect and maybe just see how that momentum is kind of carried over into your program this offseason. Well, Blake, uh, Ken, it's great to talk to you guys always. Um you guys do a tremendous job with this uh, with this show. Um, you know what? It's funny, uh, and I, I think it's just like the guys that are that play in the NBA Finals. Um, it's amazing how much longer your season goes. You know, in the sense that we were working in April, uh, coaching basketball. So then you get a little bit behind in recruiting, um, and you're playing. You feel sort of feel like you're playing some catch up. But it's nice to catch up uh, off a Final Four run. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just so proud of our kids. Uh, I'm, I'm so proud of the way they played and how they honored the game. And, and the, the word out there was just people enjoyed the basketball. They enjoyed the yeah. kids. They enjoyed the freedom. They enjoyed the spacing and the shooting and the fearlessness. And they enjoyed the, the incredible road that we had to travel to play Kansas and North Carolina and Kentucky just to get to the final four. So that's been the that's been the fun thing for us is that we sort of felt like we gave players and coaches 
that maybe haven't always been crowned hope that if you guys have enough talent and play together and play, play right, you know, God's going to bless you and give you a chance to have that kind of a magical run. I think it gives people hope. Well, and you you talk about those guys, Coach, and Ken and I have talked about this a lot as we've watched NBA Summer League. You know, you see Jared, you see Bryce, you see Malik, and, of course, Chuma was a first-round pick to the Magic. Um, I guess I know it just has to be special, like you said, because of how special it was to, to accomplish a Final Four and then to see these guys already making an impact in Summer League. We know it's different from the regular season and all that, but, man, it's like th- these yep. guys are already fitting in well with these teams, and you can just kind of see their yep. potential there. Guys, one of the things I've said for years, and it played out this year as much as any year I've ever coached, when we as a team are successful, you as an individual are going to benefit far more than if you as an individual are successful and the team fails. I don't know that that story, that statement right there could be more true based on our team's success and, and now our result. The result is Chuma goes 16 to Orlando. Uh, that Bryce and Jared and Malik are all at the combine and none of them had four stars in front of their name coming out of high school, uh, 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 except for Chuma, none of them. And they, they came to Auburn. They worked their tails off. Uh, this, this is another lesson. It's not about Auburn. It's not about we develop players. That's what I think some coaches, you know, and you need to in recruiting, you know, you kind of need to sell that. No, uh, wrong players develop play these guys worked their tails off they had the discipline to eat right they had the discipline to take advantage of the mental training they give we give them yes we've got one of the best strength coaches in the country and damon davis here at auburn and our guys bodies have changed and yes i've got a phenomenal coaching staff with ira bowman and west Fleming and stephen pearl marquis daniels and we do a good job developing players but but i'm just telling you it's 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 the way those kids work that separate themselves. And now as a result, they've gone on to do great things. Hey coach, the transition, as you've seen in the summer, what can we look forward to, I guess, as far as differences and how the talents of the new players will mesh with the chemistry of the returnees? I've never had five seniors and five freshmen like I do this year, Ken. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think obviously um, if there was a toll that was, has been taken, um, you know, with us going through the process with the NCAA, obviously it was losing, uh, you know, Austin for an entire year and losing Danielle for a year and a half. Those guys are both back. They're both in good standing. We thank God for that. Um, but, but, but that really hurt our depth two years ago in the NCAA tournament. And, um, and it really hurt our recruiting because I've got no juniors and only two sophomores. And, um, and so we've got veterans. And we've got freshmen. And so blending those two is going to be a unique challenge this year. Um, I didn't expect Jared to come out early. I'm happy that he did. I'm happy for him. But we really weren't prepared uh, for that to happen. But I felt I feel good about um, uh, Javon McCormick and his growth last year coming off the bench. And I feel good about uh, Turbo Ty Jones coming in as a freshman. Um, and, and, and then having Samir Doughty also in the program that gives me three guys to be able to potentially, you know, play the point guard spot, two seniors and a freshman. Um, so obviously we're going to, it's very important that we get a great freshman point guard in this next recruiting class because, you know, obviously we'll lose Javon. 
Yeah, Coach, your your post-game looks as deep, though, as any in the country, like you're talking Austin, uh, Anthony McLemore, D'Angelo Purifoy. Uh, what have they done now to make their games even more well-rounded? What, uh, Ken, those, 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 our seniors are going to have great years next year, all of them. And, and, and yes, uh, to, 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 we, have, we have got uh, three front-line players that are seniors, and I think that gives us a real chance uh, to, to be competitive again. Um, all three have had the best summers of their careers. Uh, all three have put the time in. Uh, D'Angelo is going to have a breakout year uh, as that inside-outside scorer. Uh, he's in great shape, shooting the ball well. Uh, he'll do a lot of things that, that he did last year and that Schuma did a year ago, and we're excited for him to be back. Anthony McLemore is, is, you know, is that face-up inside player with, with, with a tremendous athletic ability, can guard multiple positions. Uh, when those guys are on the floor together, they're really going to stretch the floor. And then Austin Wiley gives us that dominating post presence, and all Austin needs is a, is a healthy season, and he'll be drafted next year and have a good long career in the NBA. Don't forget, Austin Wiley will still be 20 at the end of next season. He's still a young, young player, and uh, but he is healthy, he is strong, and those three senior frontline players give us a real chance. Yeah, and then you got Memphis transfer Jamal Johnson. He started 27 games for the Memphis Tigers two years ago. Now, how's he going to fit into the chemistry? He can really shoot the basketball. He's able to play one, two, and three. Um, he uh, He's worked really hard developing his body. Um, and, and getting stronger, faster, quicker, um, and uh, just a great, great kid. Uh, Javon Franklin comes in, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, with three years of eligibility left, he 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 had a, a very an injury very similar to what Anthony had a year ago, and is still rehabbing. We haven't been able to play him yet, um, but but obviously when you lose three frontline players like Danjel, Anthony, and Austin, you can see why again. Our frontline recruiting in the 2020 class is extremely important because I don't know that anybody's going to lose guys, you know, three starters like that potentially. Um, and uh, and why I got like development of Javon McCormick, uh, Jalen Williams, and his ability to play, Isaac Coro, his ability to play. Uh, those guys are all uh, going to be important factors providing, uh, you, know, you know, starters and depth. Coach, uh, you mentioned Isaac and Turbo and Jalen and all these freshmen you're going to add to the mix. Is there something maybe, and I know it's hard to compare to, to the past groups, but is there maybe an intangible with this particular group that sort of stood out to you thus far? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Blake, so so far uh, the, 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 the issue for me is is just the culture. Um, you know, we had a serve day on Saturday. Uh, it was an off day for those kids, and about 90% of my team showed up and worked in the community for about four or five hours. Um, you know, painting and fixing up fences and playing basketball with kids. And it was a volunteer day and they, they almost all of them showed up. And, and um, uh, this has been the hardworking summer. Um, our kids have just, so the culture, I just think the culture of, of, of coming to Auburn to train, this is not a fast place. It's not, a, there's not, there's, there's not a ton to do here in the summertime. And our guys are just in the gym and in the weight room and doing a lot of things on their own. And um, I just think that is the biggest thing. I'm, I'm so happy with my locker room. And again, it bodes well for recruiting because I'm literally can talk to parents about, you know, we could talk about final fours and coaching staffs and where you're going to son's going to play and how I'm going to use him and all the typical questions. And we graduate our kids and those things are all important. But the number one thing I can say was I got great kids in our program. And that's one of the biggest pieces of advice I give to parents, send your son, 
where there are other kids you want to be surrounded with. And that's, that's, the, that's the one thing I feel really, really good about. And you could see that with the way our team played at the end of the year last year. Coach, just a couple quick things to, to wrap up. I know we've been waiting to ask you this. We know it's not going to affect your guys because it seems like you've had guys shooting from 45 feet anyways and knocking down <laughs> threes. But, um, you know, the extended three-point line is something everybody's talking about. Do you, how much of an impact do you feel like that has on the game moving forward? I just – it's not going it, to – look, it's going to affect everybody the same way. First of all, when, it, when, the, when, the, when they moved it back a couple years ago, um, percentages dropped off by a couple points. We shot a few fewer less. That's what's going to happen. Two points off the percentage, probably five or six attempts fewer would be my guess. Uh, your great shooters aren't going to be affected by it. Your marginal shooters are tremendously. Uh, guys that could shoot 33%, 34% from three uh, at the line, they're not going to shoot in the high 20s. Um, and, and whether or not that's a good shot or not, I don't know. I would have loved to have had the line be back last year. That would have made us even better because I had, you know, we put five guys on the floor all at all times that can really shoot it. So yeah. I see it having an effect this year. It's not going to change how we play or coach, but it's going to, it's going to definitely have an effect on the percentages. Last thing, Bruce, I know you're a master at challenging non-conference schedules. I see Davidson up in Annapolis to open up the season. In that Barclays uh, classic, you're going to open up with the New Mexico Lobos out of the Mountain West. Yeah, it, again, we built this program by – by trying to raise the, raise the quality of our schedule. There's more that's going to be coming out. NC State comes in here. We mm-hmm. still got to go to back to Washington in a year. Um, you know, we, we've got a, uh, we haven't announced our opponent yet for the Mike's Live Invitational in Birmingham, but that's going to be uh, a really good non-conference opponent. Um, you know, you, 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 uh, you want to, there's a combination between getting yourself the math that you need to be able to get to the tournament and show the committee that you're serious about scheduling difficult in the non-conference balanced off with being able to not put your team in a position where they, they, they don't have any confidence going in. Our league is so good. Um, and you saw that a year ago, not yeah. only us, we were the, we were the fourth best team in our league last year, Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky were better than we were. Um, we tied with South Carolina for fourth and I felt like we were the fourth best team in the league. And yet we go to the SW tournament and there was nobody in the tournament better than we were. Um, I think there were 30 teams last year in college basketball that could have gotten to the Final Four, unlike almost any other year. The, 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 uh, it's incredibly balanced. Um, we lost seven games in the SEC and should have lost them all, could have lost a few more. And yet we were, we were good enough to get to the Final Four. Um, so uh, I'm excited about college basketball this year. I'm excited about the parity. Um, and, um, you know, I'm excited about the, the opportunity for Auburn you know, we've, we've, we, the last two years we've won championships in the SEC at Auburn. I just shake my head, thank God for the blessing, and know that we got a chance to continue to make history here. Coach, uh, we always enjoy it. Thanks so much for taking the time. We always enjoy talking to you, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again here soon. Appreciate you guys. Take care. All right, that was the conversation with Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl. And, uh, again, it's easy to understand, you know, why they're excited for, for the roster they have going into next season. And, uh, look, it's anytime you have to replace guys like, you know, like we said, the Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, Chumo Kiki, uh, Blake Dunbar, Horace Spencer, I mean, all those different guys played valuable roles on this team. And anytime you have to replace guys like that, 
you know it's going to not necessarily always be an easy process. But the good thing for Auburn is that, you know, you look at these guys that they're bringing in, these talented freshmen, um, and they do have guys coming back who who had that experience of getting to a Final Four. So you combine all that together, and while it's going to be impossible, you know, for guys to replace the intangibles of what Jared Harper did, of what Bryce Brown did, and on and on and on, um, there are still a lot of talent there in terms of the guys they have on the roster. And when you just think about that system, and he mentioned it too, the, the development of players. And I've always talked about Bruce Pearl uh, being an underrated, you know, in that aspect. I don't feel like he gets enough credit for developing players. But like he said too, it's not really just about him though and the coaching staff. It's about the players themselves and how they've, they've been able to develop when they come into that program. And that's going to be important for this group, as we know, just continuing to develop uh, and to try to get back to having another opportunity uh, to win an SEC title, to get back to the Final Four. Uh, but no matter what, we know this program has a ton of momentum right now, and uh, no doubt that Auburn's going to be right up there in the mix uh, going into the SEC this season. So uh, thanks again to Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl for joining us on the podcast. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening Be sure to subscribe. Uh, Go over to any podcast app you use, uh, Apple Podcasts, anything else. Just search for Southeast Hoops. Uh, That way you get these uh, interviews sent to you as soon as they go up. Uh, SoutheastHoops.com, the written stuff there. And uh, as I always say, you know, the podcast is a little bit more infrequent during the offseason. I usually am just trying to post interviews. I tried to keep it rolling uh, earlier in the offseason. But as I've said many times to you guys, uh, the writing sometimes just takes over. And all of the sort of preview work I do uh, for several publications, Athlon Sports, Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook, uh, it just kind of takes over. And writing becomes the main focus. So, uh, But I'll continue to, to give you these interviews with coaches and analysts throughout the league actually have another uh, head coach in the SEC lined up here uh, pretty soon. So uh, we'll have uh, the podcast on that. Uh, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of that great stuff. And uh, we'll continue our preparations for the start of the 2019-20 season in college basketball. Should be a lot of fun and certainly should be a lot of fun in the SEC. Uh, Going to be another uh, great year for the conference when you look at it. And it should be another year where the SEC sends uh, plenty of teams to the NCAA tournament. So uh, thanks, as always, for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.